you know, I think the fundamental is that we left nature out of the mainstream of the economy because we didn't see it as a resource. It was actually, you know, we, we built a very effective economic system for extraction. And that was, you know, the capital formation and the incentive was to make things efficiently and effectively. Um, nature was looked at as a, you know, abundant resource that maybe even need to be tackled. It was in the way and it didn't have direct value. The goods and services that we consume worldwide are equal to or greater than world industrial GDP. And half or more of our economy is dependent or highly dependent on those ecosystems functioning. You know, I like to say we, we make dream green, but we live our lives with the red and black of financial statements on a personal level, you know, on a corporate level and a governmental level. And if we don't rewire that and change the equation, it's very difficult to really make lasting, effective change. All right. So, yes, and lasting, effective change is what the globalists want. They just are so eager to help us all. If that was confusing, if you are scratching your head saying, what in the world is he talking about? Well, just understand, someone told me one time that really brilliant people are people that can take the complex and make it simple for just anyone to understand. And I have learned through the years that professors and so-called really smart people uh, who don't really know what they're talking about, always speak gobbledygook. Well, I don't put Douglas Eager in that. He's the head of the Intrinsic Exchange Group. I don't put him in that category. I put him in the uh, on-purpose speaking gobbledygook that they have created out of cloth. And what does it mean to you? It means that according to what they're trying to put through on Wall Street and through the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, you may lose control of your own land, your water, your streams, your fishing, your mining, use of farm machinery, synthetic fertilizers, all of that could be prohibited because they have, of course, a better way for all of us. I want you to stay tuned today because actually, trust me, by the time you hear Myrony Bell talk, he's our guest today, you will have a better grasp on this very complex issue. It is a real danger. It's something that you probably haven't heard on any other news broadcast. It's unlikely. Uh, and so, but I'm just telling you, this is coming to us, and we have to respond to it, and I want you to be aware of it. So, by the way, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. It's such a pleasure to have you join me uh, three times a week for us to bring you some information that hopefully will give you a fresh perspective on the world. Well, I want to tell you a story first about Daisy. Daisy and her husband had decided that they never wanted kids. There are a lot of people like that now. And when she found out she was pregnant, she immediately thought abortion. But after she and her husband met her baby on ultrasound and heard the heartbeat, their hearts melted and they chose life. Her baby Jeffrey is healthy and beautiful. Daisy and her husband can't even imagine life without him. So there you go. How did that happen? It happened the Ministry of Preborn, who is a sponsor of our show. They provide ultrasounds, 4D ultrasounds for women in crisis pregnancy centers and centers around the country. And over half, and I would say some stats show much more over half, of the women who actually see their babies inside of them choose to keep the baby or at least not terminate its life. It is really uh, an amazing miracle. It's a profound way to save lives. And we're partnering with Preborn to do that. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy uh, to give your most generous donation to provide that ultrasound. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Well, you know, you can call us and leave a message. It's the new year. Happy New Year again. You can call us and, uh, at 662-821-2040. That's 662 662- 821-2040. You can email me at sandy at afr.net, sandy at afr.net. You can listen to the podcast at afr.net or any podcast platform, your favorite, Spotify or whatever it is. Uh, you can also listen to it at sandyrios.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the other places that you like to go for social 
media. All right. Well, today, uh, good, as my mother would say, put your thinking cap on. Put your thinking cap on, Sandra Kay. Put your thinking cap on. Get out your pencil and paper as we discuss uh, an incredible topic, a new problem. Yay for us! It's the natural asset management proposal on Wall Street on this edition of Sandy Rios. 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. If, if we can convert those natural assets into financial capital, then we have the capital and price signaling to be able to tell the economy what we wanted to produce and how we wanted to produce it. But we created a new accounting system, which we called Statements of Ecological Performance, which account for the flow of ecosystem services in financial terms. So think of oh. that as your natural income statement. Um, the asset that produces it, that produces those ecosystem services that are consumed around the world, worth over $100 trillion a year. Um, and we included some biophysical measures like biodiversity, species richness. And we said we want investors to be able to look at both of those um, and determine what the value of not only price to earnings or price to revenue, but price to ecosystem service. Uh, that's the voice of Douglas Eager of the Intrinsic Exchange Group. Now, if you are lost, don't you dare turn to something else. Just understand that what he just so convincingly said to you was gobbledygook on purpose. This is the stuff of uh, you know creepy scientists of old coming up with some ideas to destroy, you know, our country and destroy our freedoms. It's as simple as that. It's a lot like um, uh, global warming. It's a lot like climate change. It's carbon credits. Who the heck knew that? what that was? That was fantasy. It was silliness, but dangerous silliness. Now, that's my assessment, but I'm not the expert. My guest is the expert. Myron Ebell is uh, with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. He's a senior fellow there. Uh, the fun thing about uh, Myron is uh, he's a brilliant mind, but he's got a great sense of humor. I know that because I've known him for such a long time. But what he advocates for is, and Competitive Enterprise Institute advocates for, is free market environmentalist. Um, Myron is from Oregon. He grew up there. He understands the West. But this isn't just about the West. But, of course, they have a lot of lands and a lot of uh, parks and just a lot more openness than than, than, than the Northeast. But he's taken a lot of hits uh, for the way he has fought the the green movement. In fact, Business Insider said that Myrony Bell must be the enemy number one to the current climate change community. And Rolling Stone named him one of the six top misleaders on global warming. Okay, so that gives you an idea of who Myron is. And he joins us uh, delightfully this morning. Good morning, Myron. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I don't think I've ever heard anyone uh, make... Uh, the complex more uh, plain and also fun than you, Myron. So here we go. Uh, this thing is, uh, let me just say to the audience again, this is something you've probably not heard anything about, but you will. Uh, we're sort of not breaking news. People have been talking about it, but I don't see uh, I don't see it much, not covered much. It's called natural asset management. They have wonderful names for these things, natural asset Management, Myron. How can you explain, in simple terms, what that is? Well, after that build-up, Sandy, about how good I am at turning <laughs> complexities into clear, simple points, I'm not sure I can do it. It's very complicated. But let me just say a couple things. Uh, the the environmentalists uh, are very closely tied into Wall Street, and uh, in fact. Uh, the Environmental Defense Fund, which is 
more than a $200 million a year organization now. It was founded by Wall Street lawyers. And Natural Resources Defense Council, also $200 million plus a year, is very closely tied. So they have been thinking a long time about how to use the financial system to, uh, 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 as they would say, protect the environment, as I would say, to lock it up and uh, not manage it responsibly. And so what they have come up with after many years of thinking is this idea that uh, environmental services from the environment provides us with services that have a value but are not ca- is not captured in, you know, uh, Share share prices by companies, and in 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 the it's not captured by by our economic system, but that these environmental services are incredibly valuable. So you know, it's not just that you know we get fresh water from the mountains, and we get uh, you know things that things that aren't aren't priced into the system. So the idea is, well, let's figure out how to price those into the system. So that when somebody wants to do something with land, uh, in the and, and which will affect the environment, when somebody wants to do something like build a new subdivision, which I think you know in Florida there's there's a lot of that going on, or build a new uh, industrial plant, uh, we could then say, well, how does that compare to the ecological value, the natural asset? that is there that will be uh, displaced or, or damaged or destroyed by doing this human activity. Well, since there's no market really to price these uh, so-called natural assets or what, what, the, what the cost of the, the, the value of the ecological service is, um, we'll, uh, you know, we'll be able to just make it up and say it's, it's huge. And so, even just dis- even just displacing the natural assets of this one small place will be a- an incredible cost, and therefore you can't do it. So that's what's behind natural asset management, and and now what's going on is an attempt to uh, list natural asset companies on the New York Stock Exchange. And this is not does not, does not start with the Biden administration or the S, this, uh, the regulatory agencies. It starts with the New York Stock Exchange. Some people came to them and said, "We want to form companies that will be able to make money off of locking up resources uh, because of their ecological value, and we will uh, want to list those on the New York Stock." So the the stock exchange went to the Securities and Exchange Commission and said, uh, "We need a rule uh, that will govern this, and so uh, and and regulate this, so that it's all, uh, so investors can have uh, you know uh, more confidence in it." And that's where we are. Yeah, Myra. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my you know my simplistic understanding of this. Uh, it does remind me of the old uh, carbon offsets or carbon credits, and that was like Al Gore, you know, was burning up, I don't know how many BTUs of energy in his uh, huge mansion in Tennessee, but he could offset those credits by doing something. And it was all like, it's to me, it's fantasy. I, I mean, I, it's it's not real. It's not tangible. It's like a mind game. Does this fall into that same kind of category? Yeah, and they're closely connected. Um, the idea of selling carbon or, or really carbon dioxide credits, CO2 credits, uh, is the idea that, well, uh, you need to offset your own uh, CO2 emissions from driving and, um, you know, gas furnaces and electricity and so on. And you need to um, be able to uh, uh, pay for that. So you buy credit. And the typical credit has been that you pay some entity, uh, maybe a company, maybe a government. It, it's often in Africa, sometimes in South America, sometimes occasionally in Asia. You pay them to plant trees uh, because trees uh, <laughs> take in Sorry. carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and uh, release oxygen. So they are 
a carbon sink. They they sequester. They 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 uh, you know they they hold ca- uh, carbon in in their trunks and leaves and so on. And also it goes into the soil. So the idea was that Al Gore is flying all around the world in in uh, private jets, and uh, he can then buy few, uh, the plantings of some trees in Africa. Now the funny thing about that is. Uh, and I think this is, shows how, as you said, it's it's nonsensical. Al Gore is saying to the world that we need to cut our emissions immediately. We need we can't wait. We have to make huge cuts in in driving and the amount of electricity we use and so on, and go back to a much uh, more primitive lifestyle. We need to do that immediately. But I can buy credits for trees that won't mature for you know they're not going to save that CO take that CO2 out of the atmosphere today. It's going to be over many, many years. Uh, and, of course, it's all speculative whether it actually happens or not. First, whether they actually plant the trees. Second, whether they might have planted the trees anyway. Uh, so uh, uh, they're just making extra profit from activity that, uh, that would have happened anyway. So, yeah, you're, you're right. The whole thing is, is nonsensical. But part of the natural asset campaign involves... Uh, locking up resources, uh, locking up land, and then saying that we're uh, by doing so, uh, we are uh, uh, saving. We're taking in CO two. So, uh, so that it, it's it's a part of the profit that's supposed to be gained from these natural asset companies by by locking up resources would be, be paying companies, big a lot of big companies. And these are, you know, major companies in the United States and Europe have said they want to go, quote, carbon neutral or net zero. And net zero means that it doesn't mean that they stop emitting entirely, but that they cut their emissions and then their remaining emissions, they offset somehow. So they, they, so the, the natural asset company is, designed to take advantage of that. The companies can't cut their emissions to zero, and they'll still have some, but they can offset them through some something to do with uh, with nature. I don't, you well, know, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But well, that's, no, no, that's it doesn't. What that's the but, what ha- but what happens, what's happened is that these geniuses have made themselves rich by now I'm I'm leaning on climate change because that's what I have more knowledge of by you yeah, know investing yeah. in wind farms mm-hmm. and all of this stuff they're becoming multimillionaires through this process while they're trying to help us all of course uh, and men, meanwhile they are causing the regular people common people even educated people American citizens or people around the globe really uh, to struggle because energy prices are skyrocketing, and that's what they want. Barack Obama told us that under his his administration, energy prices would necessarily skyrocket, and everyone cheered. Uh, but that is exactly what they have in mind. They, It's the strangest thing, Myron. It's so perverse. But just for a moment, I want to ask uh, those of you listening some important medical care questions here at the first of the year. They could save your life, the answers to these questions. Does your medical plan allow you to choose your doctors? Does your doctor provide the best treatment for your illness? Or is your doctor sold out to medicines, vaccines, to the major companies that provide these things? Well, we saw the travesty of not having these answers in place when COVID came calling. And, but now we're smarter. And that's why I strongly recommend Christian Healthcare Ministries. When you enroll with chministries.org slash Sandy, you will have the freedom to choose doctors who share your values and will not withhold the proper treatment because they are sold out. CH Ministries is affordable. It's the longest-serving cost-sharing ministry and has assisted members with billions in medical bills. chministries.org slash Sandy members have access 24-7 to telehealth services at no additional cost. And it's no surprise why doctors appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. Make the switch today by visiting chministries.org Sandy. And with any time enrollment, you can sign up today and be in a community that will pay and pray for you. chministries.org Sandy. That's chministries.org Sandy. Uh, so, okay, but let's, let's develop this one, natural asset management. How exactly... 
would this work? I mean, how, practically speaking, what would it mean to, uh, uh, what would it mean to New York City? Well, uh, this is a good question, and I think, you know, I can answer it simply by saying I really don't know. There are, <laughs> okay. uh, there are, there are various clever people who are, you know, grifters in the financial markets who are always trying to find some angle to make money without actually creating any wealth or producing anything. And, uh, you know, we've seen there are various, ang- uh, you know, games, uh, con games that have been played over the years to make a lot of money. Uh, one of them, you know, is simply is uh, building uh, wind turbines and solar panels. Uh, these, you know, nobody would build these except that some states mandate them. And other, uh, and then the federal government, through the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, passed uh, because of Joe Manchin's good work uh, uh, on it in uh, the summer of 2022. He didn't really mean um, that, ladies and gentlemen. It was not good work. Okay, Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> Just yeah, had well, to clarify. It, I think you could tell that not not a single Republican voted for the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And, you know, there's some pretty squishy Republicans, but even they could all see that this thing, it, what it does is it provides huge subsidies uh, for groups of, in, of, of investors to uh, build uh, uh, wind plantations and solar plantations. And then uh, because states have mandates, the utilities will then engage in long-term contracts with these uh, uh, investors to supply wind and solar whenever the wind is blowing or, and the sun is shining. And uh, so that it's, the profits are guaranteed. The subsidies create allow them to build the facilities, and then the contracts guarantee that they're going to make a profit. So uh, this, is a, this is a huge scam. Uh, natural asset management, I'd say, is, is a clever uh, but very complicated complication, uh, 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 alternative or, or addition to that, yeah. uh, to, to the, the model of, of wind and solar. It's, they're, trying, they're trying to find new angles to make money for, right. for not producing anything or creating well, any wealth. And, and, of course, embrace their, their whole uh, where fantasy of climate change, man-made climate change. And and right, uh, right, and also the right. you know carbon and all of that. So all right, but I still okay. So uh, New York, they're going to make money. So how about uh, the the open lands in the West that you're so familiar with? How's it going to affect the open lands of the West, the parks and all of that? Well, I I don't know because uh, it, it, look, there's twenty seven percent of the United States is owned by the federal government and managed by the four federal land agencies. Uh, there's a couple, few more percent that's owned by like uh, military bases, post offices, government buildings, things like that. Uh, so 27% of the land is federally owned, and some of that land is already locked up. National parks are not do, do not produce anything except tourist experiences, right? Uh, so uh, wildlife refuges uh, don't produce, and they're all over the country. They don't produce very much, although it, it, typically there is some farming that goes on because a wildlife refuge will, uh, if, if there's grain left on the ground, for example, it will, uh, birds will, you know, the, the birds will flock in and eat the grain on the ground. So, uh, but they don't produce anything. But the Forest Service is supposed to produce timber. It doesn't just anymore. It produces catastrophic fires because we mostly stop logging the national forests uh, because of policies of, of uh, Trump tried to change it, but it's, it's, it goes back to the listing in the Spotted Owl in, in the early 1990s. <laughs> um, and the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, uh, has the wide open spaces in the West, and people uh, engage in mining, oil and gas production, uh, timber production, and livestock grazing on those lands. And the BLM has 240 million acres, mostly in the western states in Alaska. The Forest Service has almost 200 million acres, again, most of it in the west, but a lot in places like Michigan, uh, a lot in Alaska. So these lands are, are productive. And the question is, how much, what will natural asset management do uh, 
given the right uh, administration and, and policies that those agencies do to lock up those lands and get rid of things like mining and livestock grazing and timber production. That's that's a question. The other question is really, and I think I think this is actually more geared towards locking up private land uh, that uh, that uh, uh, these natural asset companies will be able to. Uh, raise money to pay people to to stop do, using the land uh, for you know ten years or twenty years or whatever. And I think so. I think there there's differences with federal productive federal lands and productive private lands, but I think both of them will be targeted. Yeah, you know, I want to read something. You uh, as you know, uh, Utah Treasurer Marlo Oaks is really fighting back on this. I want to read a statement mm-hmm. by him and get your comments on it. He says, the proposed creation of natural asset companies is one of the greatest threats to rural communities in the history of our country. Under the proposal, private interests, including foreign-controlled sovereign wealth funds, could use their capital to purchase or manage farmland, national and state parks, and other mineral-rich areas and stop essential economic activities like farming, grazing, energy extraction, Recreating on Utah—he's now talking about Utah—recreating on Utah's incredible natural lands could also face significant curtailment. Well, there's a boatload of stuff in there. So I just, uh, you know, rural communities, this is a hit on them. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think, though, um, and I I mentioned this at a a meeting uh, uh, that I was at, Um, the, the— the rural communities in the West have already been devastated by federal land management policies. So, uh, if you go, uh, if you go and look at these towns in many parts of the West that don't have a lot of scenic amenities and, and you know, recreational amenities like you know, Jackson Hole or you know Steamboat Springs or somewhere, if, but if you look at just the regular small towns in the rural west that are, are surrounded by federal land, they have already been devastated economically. And that's been done by federal policies, by the Bureau of Land Management and the Forest Service. So I think what he's saying applies more to the rest of the country that isn't federally. Because I should say more than 50 percent of the western states in Alaska is federally. Owned. My own state of Oregon is 52 percent, Utah 67 66. Wow. Nevada's close to 90 percent. So wow. uh, uh, even California is 46 percent. So uh, so there's uh, these. Uh, so I think it's an attempt to 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 do to the rest of the country what's already been done to the rural West to destroy their uh, resource economies. Can explain that a little bit more, Myron, because that's like this is home ground to you. But you're talking to people all over the country right now. Right, live in smaller right. towns and areas. What are you talking about that it would do? Well, uh, you know the, the the results of federal land management policies. There was a time, uh, not too many decades ago, when the Forest Service actually produced a lot of timber, uh, and most of it was in Oregon, Northern California, Washington. Um, that so in 1990, I think there was 14 billion board feet of timber produced from our national forests. Um, uh, by two, 2000, it was down to about two billion. Uh, I think Trump got it back up to about four billion. He, they were moving; they were trying to do everything they could to get through the, the legal hurdles, uh, the regu- legal obstacles. Um, uh, so. So the timber communities have just been destroyed. Uh, There's, uh, I think, in uh, the spotted owl caught a listing uh, under the Endangered Species Act in, in the early 90s. Uh, within the decade, about 125 mills had closed. And most of those mills were in towns that were just lumber towns. They had nothing. They, they were in the middle of the coast range in the forest, just little towns. They had sawmill workers and they had loggers. And, uh, and truckers, and that was it. And when the mill closed, the town disappeared. So that's the kind of thing that's gone on in the in the desert west, the, the Intermountain West, uh, Nevada, Utah. You have a lot of um, uh, mining activity um, under the general mining law, uh, which goes back to the 19th century, and that allows people to go and stake claims 
to, to mine. And there's a lot of mineral wealth in, in, the, in the West. Uh, there's a lot of grazing permittees who own private land. They own a ranch, but they also have a grazing permit for the public land uh, adjoining their ranch, which is maybe many, many, much larger. Uh, so if you could curtail livestock grazing, you'll put those ranchers out of business. If you if you uh, stop mining, and, and I should say, there's uh, you know, President Trump has said. We've got to have mine a lot more of these uh, uh, critical minerals that are going to electric batteries for cars, and, yeah. and uh, we just got to do that. And yet, every proposal to start one of these mines is immediately litigated by environmental groups who say, "No, you can't do that. It's too it's too valuable. The, nat- the, the, the natural assets here are too valuable to allow you to create uh, wealth by by mining." So that's the kind of thing that's gone on in the West. And I think the natural asset uh, companies, uh, this idea is, is going to try to expand that to exert greater uh, control over private land uh, in the rest of the country. You know, what this reminds me of, Myron, is uh, under the Obama administration, I remember wetlands and uh, farmers with ponds and water in their I forgot exactly who, the wording, but they, they would regulate and fine if on their own land they didn't properly use the water or it seeped and, you know, ruined whatever, X or Y or Z. And so there was such oppression uh, of landowners or farmers and people who owned, you know, I don't know, ranches. Is that is that kind of the thing we're talking about now where the government reaches over and tells you what you can do with your own resources and your own land? Or can't do. Yes, yes, and this is already going on. It's not. It's not just the Obama administration. The, the Clean Water Act with the wetlands provisions goes back to the early 1970s. The uh, Endangered Species Act, which is even uh, more uh, onerous and and uh, and destructive of private land values, uh, is it goes back to the early 70s. There have been attempts in Congress to reform both wetlands and endangered species so that. Uh, they don't steal people's property without paying, for, you know, without, if if the government regulates your land and you lose the value of your land because you can't use it, that's that's a taking uh, of, of, of the value. And it should be under the Constitution, uh, Fifth Amendment, it should be compensated. But courts have ruled that uh, 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 locking up land for endangered species and for wetlands doesn't really need to be compensated. And so, uh, yes, there's already uh, a, a several, those aren't the only two, but there are, there are a couple smaller ones, but those are regulatory overlays on private land that are already diminishing the use and value of private land. Uh, mm-hmm. And natural asset companies are now going to come in and try to provide uh, another avenue for regulating uh, private land. Let me, I want to borrow from uh, uh, Utah Treasurer Marlo Oaks one more time here, because he's, he says that unlike other types of companies, the purpose of a, in, an NAC, natural asset manage, management, is to, natural asset company, I think he's saying, is to maximize the value of the land's ecological services rather than generate profit from traditional activities. Unsustainable, extractive activities, including energy extraction and the use of farm machinery and synthetic fertilizers, would be prohibited on NAC-managed land. And now, Myron, this makes me think of Sri Lanka and Holland and all those protests (laughs) by farmers over there. Is there a correlation here with this? Well, he may be uh, uh, jumping to conclusions about what will how this is going to develop, uh, it may that, but that's undoubtedly an end goal uh, of what he said there. That I don't. There, there are many steps before that will will happen. But uh, the end goal of of these uh, people uh, is is what E.O. Wilson, the the expert in ants, uh, not not ants and uncles, but ants. Uh, <laughs> ground. Uh, E.O. Wilson wants to lock up 50% of the world's land and re- 
resources by 2050. And then that became, 2050 is a long time away, so then they went to, well, let's start by getting 30 percent by 2030. And um, uh, so 30 by 30, President Biden announced that he was going to do 30 by 30 uh, his first week or two in office in 2021. We're going to do 30 by 30. And so these are these things are all connected. And 30 by 30, interestingly, has no, there's no, uh, the Congress has never said boo about 30 by 30. They've never held a hearing on 30 by 30. They've never uh, passed a, a bill. Bills haven't even been introduced in this Congress on 30 by 30. So uh, all these things are part of a very broad movement uh, to lock up resources and, and essentially uh, shut down the economy and make us all a lot poorer and colder and hungrier. All right. So the the practical status of this is it's a proposal by the SEC. I don't know. You said the New York Stock Exchange is pushing this, but the SEC has to sign off on it, don't they, or no? Well, the, the New York Stock Exchange has asked the, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which regulates Wall Street, uh, uh, financial, they, it regulates financial institutions. Uh, they have asked the SEC to uh, 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 pr- uh, promulgate a rule that sets the the conditions for these natural asset companies, so that uh, once they're uh, created and listed on the New York Stock Exchange, these companies uh, investors will have more confidence in them because. The SEC has has set some guidelines and some uh, rules for uh, for how they operate and what they're doing. So uh, the idea is that the, the natural asset company nobody uh, a few people are going to want to invest in them if they don't have more confidence uh, in them. And okay. an SEC rule might give investors more confidence that there are some standards and okay. and some uh, some protections. Oh, so like the blue ribbon stamp of approval for an investment, and I yeah. so so that brings me to something that's also complex, but really not so not so hard, and that is uh, that when the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, st- are pondering a st- a writing a rule like this, and I know it's all bureaucratic language, and forgive me, but that's the that's our system. It's gotten out of control, and this is the way it is. Uh, there is a the ch- comment period by the public. So if uh, yeah. if uh, John Doe is uh, owns a farm or a ranch or is someone like you uh, who says I don't want this, this is not right, or I'm a miner or I'm a fisherman and I want the waters to be free and open and et cetera, et cetera, there are ways to make your voice heard, and that would be by submitting a comment to the Securities and Exchange Commission. So how hard is that to do, Myron? I mean, and is it is it effective when people do this? Well, uh, yes and no. It's it's both. Uh, it's fiddly. You could go uh, you go to the Security and Exchange Commission website and then go to the proposed rule, and then they give you instructions for how you can comment. And you can do that either online or you can send them a letter or you know maybe there are other ways you can do it. Uh, you can drop by and, and leave your comment, I guess, at the at the SEC wherever wherever it is. Um, so. Um, so you need to go to that link, and I think you have that link, Sandy. Yes, uh, yes, I, I do. Think, you know, individual comments are uh, are okay. I think the best thing, though, is to get your if you belong to an association, uh, uh, you know, a rural, uh, uh, you know, in the in rural areas, there will be cattlemen's groups, farm bureau, uh, mining associations. Uh, whatever, whatever kind of a, a chamber of commerce. Uh, if you don't live in a rural area, uh, if you can get them to to uh, uh, put in a comment or join someone else's comment, that that's another way, and it's a lot. I think it's a lot more effective. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to post this link on Facebook. I'm going to put it on my Twitter account at Sandy Reels Tweet. And wherever else we can get it out to to make it uh, simple for people, if because uh, this is the way you do make your voice heard. And my my indication is that there it's not a done deal yet. 
right, Myron? No, that's right. And But the comment period ends January 18th. Now, we and others are trying to get uh, ask the SEC to extend it because it's so complicated and people haven't had a it's, they, they announced the, the uh, comment period, you know, over the holidays. So it's a very short uh, period of time. And uh, so, but so January 18th is the deadline. So okay. uh, if you want All to right. comment, you got to get going or get your local, you know, Chamber of Commerce or, or better uh, Small Business Association to comment. They need to get going on it. Okay. Now, one last question for you. Uh, I think you and I both know the answer, but it's just so hard to comprehend. I have to ask you, what, what is the end game here? What's really the, what is the big arching thing that's happening to us, Myron? What's the goal? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, putting um, government and uh, powerful uh, institutions like big companies on Wall Street uh, in control of uh, how much energy you can use, what kind of energy you can use, what other resources you can use, and uh, uh, and really ration uh, it out so that instead of people using as much electricity as they want and, and can afford, uh, we will we will essentially have rationing through. Um, uh, uh, both prices and just simple, uh, uh, you know, curtailment of service. Uh, similarly, you know, the the goal is to get people out of cars. Uh, that, that you know, we'll we'll have, um, you know, I don't know, motor scooters and and buses. Uh, so that, I think that's the, the you know I, we could we could use some big language about what the goal is, but I think really it's about con- control. Of, of resources by government and big institutions. Uh, also, would we, we could probably add getting people to move to cities, uh, like killing the independent uh, areas of this country because they can be controlled if they're closer to city centers. That's the, how I see it, too, Myron. Well, okay. Then. Yeah, be, yeah uh, density, density. Yeah, more high, much more higher density so that the land is open and free and people are confined into dense uh, urban areas. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Myron, great, great stuff. Uh, terrible stuff, but well explained. Myron Bell, again, the senior fellow, a senior fellow at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, infamous among uh, environmental groups, and so that's why he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> so, Myron, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for your expertise and your diligence on this issue. This is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Well, Sandy Rios back with you. And as you well know, we partner with Preborn to save unborn babies' lives. And it works. It's not just a gimmick. It actually works. When moms see their babies, they decide that they don't want to terminate. They can't stand the thought of it. And that's really the natural response of mothers and fathers if the fathers are involved. And so God bless Preborn for doing this. And God bless all of you uh, for being so generous. You know, each of the babies that are saved um, every day, it's a miraculous thing. In fact, Preborn celebrates 200 miracles each day. $28 a month can be the difference between the life and death of a child. And when a mother meets her baby on ultrasound, hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection that doubles a baby's chance of life. Let's join together and help mothers choose life. Just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. Nature has superpowers. Wetlands can absorb runoff from storms and floods. Trees and shrubs prevent erosion. Streams filter contaminants from fresh water. Municipalities are trained to manage and count the value of human-built infrastructure, but we're just beginning to appreciate the value of natural assets. A municipal natural assets strategy counts natural assets like wetlands and forests and assigns a value equal to the cost of services from engineered assets and manages these assets so that they remain healthy and continue to deliver services. 
For example, in Nanaimo, the Baratabs Marsh Conservation Area manages the same amount and flow of stormwater as an engineered system, costing about $4 million. By counting the conservation area as a natural asset, the city makes a financial case for protecting and caring for the marsh. This, in turn, makes the city less reliant on engineered assets. By actively working with nature's power, local governments can save money, reduce risk, and increase resilience to climate change. Wow. Wow. That's really a great relief to me. I mean, that, that's out of Vancouver, British Columbia. We already know how they feel about the environment. It's really their God, honestly. And so I've asked my husband, Bruce, to join me this morning for this discussion. Good morning, dear. Good morning. We, we've been to Vancouver, British Columbia a few times, haven't we? We have. <laughs> I think we have some grandchildren Yeah, Yeah, there. exactly. Okay. So as soon as you get off the uh, plane, it's, uh, it's all about nature and oh. indigenous people and, yeah, you know, yeah. like... Uh, other kinds of gods and things, you know? It's uh, Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that was very complex, and I really want to know what, obviously, I want to know what you think about what Myron presented to us about natural asset management. Well, I think the bottom line is this is a lofty title, as the left always uses, but it has nothing to do with preserving the environment or protecting the ecology. This, you know, I, I never believe this new world order idea until recently. And the part of it I do believe now is that the goal of so many people now that have money and that are in government is to form a coalition between governments and large tech companies, Wall Street firms, and, and manipulate resources so that th- their value increases or decreases, and they're basically picking winners and losers. And guess what? The people from these governments and from these Wall Street firms, they're invested in the winners. They are the winners. They are the winners. <laughs> and we are the losers because we don't matter. We are the masses. And, you know, they, this to take this further, I'm not saying every person pushing this feels that way. That would be silly. But the globalists and the people who think like this really don't value human life, and they really don't value the individual, which is the opposite of the founding of this country. It's the opposite of belief in God, where every human life is precious, every life unique and precious to God. Well, in this world that they're wanting us to develop, nobody's rights, nobody as an individual matters. It's all groupthink. Uh, and I, if it, I mean, Sandy, think about the absurdity of what Myron explained to us about um, if you're a company and you're um, creating quote-unquote pollution and you exceed your quota that you are assigned, you can still stay in the ball game by buying carbon credits <laughs> and by having someone in another country Planting forests in plant Africa. a forest. Now, do you think anyone's really monitoring whether or not these, these trees even get planted? And if they do get planted, like Myron said... It's going to take years before they are online and creating CO2, quote-unquote, yeah. to offset the bad uh, CO2 that's created by these companies. I mean, that is absurd. That's, that's a really good point, Bruce, because like a, they don't, I would assume, the infrastructure is not in place to carefully track all these credits and, where, and to quantify even. You can't quantify. It's like catching you know, wind in a bottle. It's really carbon credits. How do you quantify? You can't. We've known that from the beginning. Nature, part of it, I think, Bruce, is because God created all things. And the things that he created are understandable to us on some level, but it is too vast and too great. It's not meant to be measured and controlled by man. And so this is all fantasy because I don't think, uh, you know, it's just not. But it is a device that works because they use these lofty terms and they sound so concerned and so convinced but I'm telling you, this is like from the pit of hell. It really is. What always convinces me is if you think that there is man-made global warming, that we're ruining the, the world by our own hand, I ask you to take a look at pictures from space when they show the vastness of the universes and you see the earth down there and you think, really? We think that we are manipulating 
this world in a in a universe as vast as as what it is and because so many people don't believe in god and they don't look at things like like the universe being created by god they this is all they have you've said it many times the 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 earth is all they have and so they um take ownership of it as if it is theirs or they and they worship nature you know that's and that's a you know one of the things that uh, paul points the apostle paul points out in romans is that they worship the creation rather than the creator and of course uh, this is the irony of that the environmental movement as myron explained about the he just talked about forests there's a lot to be said about this they're ruining the forest because they won't follow good practice of clearing out brush because supposedly it's going to harm certain creatures and so it's man trying to run nature when man is not equipped to run nature. Man is not smart enough to run nature. God has done it pretty well all of these millennia. So uh, it's it's really dangerous. And so we will put that address uh, to make a comment at the SEC uh, for you know. As Myron was explaining, if you have a group, a farming community, uh, if you have a, a, a chamber of commerce or some entity related. To some of the things we've been talking about, it would be really good to make a comment. The deadline is January the 18th, and we are putting that link to make it easy for you because they don't make it easy for you. On our Facebook page, I'll put it on uh, my Twitter account, at Sandy Rios Tweet. And, um, and so that would be a really good thing for you to do if that's your uh, line or your, your, you have the ability and the, uh, a group that could do that. <clears throat> All right, well, honey, thank you for joining me. Well, it's always my pleasure, sweetheart. Thank you. The left is the gift that keeps on giving. They (laughs) They never give. They They never never run out of things to give. Well, I want to thank you for listening so faithfully. We appreciate it so much. And I want to remind you, you can listen on any podcast platform. Uh, You can listen at AFR.net. You can listen at SandyRios.com. You can call us at 662-821-2040. Or you can go to any social media platform. Or you can go to SandyRios.com. And in closing, I want to thank our wonderful sponsors, Preborn and the Business of Saving Babies. Preborn.com slash Sandy to make your most generous donation. And Christian Healthcare Ministries providing a way for you to provide medical care for your families in a very unique and wonderful way that gives you freedom of choice. chministries.org slash Sandy. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.